Leah Pruitt, she joins us now, NHRA top fuel pilot, winner of the Lucas Oil Nationals two weeks ago in Pomona. And this weekend, Cookie Pops, that's Oreos and Popcorn Combo, were the sponsor of Leah Pruitt's top fuel rig this weekend in Kansas. And Pruitt, who's now engaged to three-time NASCAR Cup champion and NASCAR team owner Tony Stewart, uh, Leah, I'm curious about this. When you go to rob the refrigerator and no one's looking, not even Stuart, he's not looking. What's your favorite <laughs> treat outside of this new sponsor? Uh, do you go for sweets or something else? So I particularly don't have a very big sweet tooth. Um, I have a very big hot and spicy tooth and like bold, bold flavors. So if there's, if, if I'm going to grab anything from the refrigerator, it's probably going to be a bean and cheese burrito because there's stacks of them from a local Kuka's store from where my hometown. But uh, in regards to sweets, like I'm pretty particular about it just because I know the more that you eat them, the more that you want them and the more that you crave them and then you have to have them every day. So I really keep it to a minimum and I'm very selective. And, and I have had cookie pops before they became in the conversation. And then of course you have them around and you go to love them. And now I look for them every single grocery store I go to with you and smoke sharing the same refrigerator, would his go-to be a sweet or would it be a burrito? Sushi is what what his go-to is. The thing about it is we're not home long enough. So for those that watched smoke's interview, I had the same background because it's from the same place. (laughs) (laughs) Need to get a real office set up in the other room. But we're not here long enough to like do full on grocery shopping and cook meals every night. And so he likes the pre- the sushi that's made at the grocery stores. I like burritos. Uh, if he's going to pop in, he's probably going to get a Coke. And uh, sweets is kind of, he hasn't really been on them at all, except for if you really, really want to get on his, on his good side, show up with a box of Nilla wafers. That's his deal. And he hasn't had a chance to have any cookie pops yet um, just because we've been on the West Coast uh, recently. But I'm pretty sure that his uh, that his taste tune will change. Um, but this also could I think the first race will be that he's not attending uh, of mine this upcoming weekend. He's got NASCAR and Indy and there's Knoxville during the week. So this is a, it's a pretty new week in a lot of different ways for us. OK, so basically then going because all race car drivers have superstitions. You've already had your win for this year, your first win, I should say, for this year. So if you win again in Topeka, which we are hoping that you will, it's not like it's going to be a superstitious thing of, oh, Tony's got to stay away for all the raises now because you've already got that taken care of. So yay for that. Appreciate that. And I, I would, we would joke, we're like, Tony, I promise, like, we we do win. I mean, back in, in 2017 and 18, we were winning five, seven races and constantly in the finals and had a very well-oiled machine. And, you know, we have had some struggles in the last year and a half, and that's where Tony's been in play. So going to the event, <laughs> he did say, I mean, he has had the most fun that he's ever had racing in the last two weekends from Sonoma and Pomona with us. I said, well, of course, because we're winning. But he does play a part mixing fuel, working with right. Scott on the car and the team. And I'm like, see, it Nitro is very addicting. I get, like – he doesn't have to say it, um, but you can just read it on his face. But it's been a very enjoyable experience. And to be through the kind of the lows that we've had in the recent months and our struggles, it's 
been very strong supporter in that. My team has maintained uh, great fundamentals of morale and the, just the work and the parts and and like the relentlessness. And, and it's been really awesome to show kind of what the true heartbeat of my team is like in front of Tony with him and then finally grab a Wally and for him to be there was, was, was really cool. Well, that's where I was going to go with you regarding Topeka. Who's going to handle your fuel? How is this going to maybe upset the the camaraderie that you've really developed over the last couple of races? Honestly, I'm going to kick it into the highest gear that I've been in 2018. So we are running both factory stock showdown and top fuel in, in Topeka. And since Tony's been a part of, of the program and the team, he's handled fuel. And it was special when I'm running both cars. But my team is very, very capable. and and we will definitely get it done. But it's like, so how does that, how does that interrupt or right? How does that change the team? Well, if one person is attending to fuel and that's going to take, you know, 30, 40 minutes per rotation session, you take that one person that was helping you and you remove them. That's one crew guy that needs to now attend to fuel, which is going to take 30 minutes away from helping. Like say with Tim and the supercharger program, or if we have an issue and we need to swap blocks or if like we need to make a decision, that one person is now fragmented back into the fuel sector. So it's really, it's more of a diligent job um, and right more mechanical once you learn how to do it. So for us, we'll just be kind of reorganizing and shifting and getting it done like we had done before and definitely very confident that wins are around the corner. But I've never had a win in factory stock and top fuel on the same day. So in the last three races, we went to the final in factory stock in Denver, went to the final in fuel, and then finally got the win. So in two different categories in three weekends, we've been in the finals. It is time to show out in Topeka and grab a doubleheader win. That would be, I mean, doesn't really get much bigger than that than a championship for me. We've had a conversation, whether it was Ron Caps or ARCA driver Corey Heim or IndyCar driver Marcus Erickson. We've had this nutrition conversation a lot recently, probably because it's been so freaking hot around the country in every form of motorsports, in every sport. I mean, NFL training camps. But explain then just how difficult it is not just to drive one car uh, all the way to the finals in NHRA, but two. I mean, you bouncing back and forth, plus your your mental mindset along the way, it's just explain to people how you balance all of that. It's definitely trial by error and finding out what your body needs. And the most consistent thing across the board is hydration. And I know everybody talks about it and it just goes in through one ear and out the other because people get sick at the track. But it, for me, it's about days in advance preparation before Denver. I had actually not, not afraid to admit it. I was like, what is the best way for me to prepare for this double hitter in Denver and not get altitude sickness? So I went and I had a hydration IV on Tuesday on my way to the airport just to give my body as much nutrients and B12 and all of the things that I could get. So taking care of your body, your sleep as we get older. Um, I used to have that go in my ear and out the other. I wear the aura ring to be able to track my sleep and my patterns. And you know, I've gone through some, different health situations that have changed my diet. Um, Hashimoto's disease is what I actually just got diagnosed with. And there's a lot of different things that you do that change your diet um, from gluten-free to all these, all these things that you didn't really know that you needed to do before. And ultimately we still have to perform like 
we are world champion athletes and we are. So it's, it's no different getting your hydration, eating well, getting your sleep. And as I've gotten older, I found out that that's what my body needs. Um, so welcome to the, to the old club. <laughs> no, and you're not old. You're in your young thirties. I mean, I'm pushing 50 right now. Kenny's pushing 60. I mean, hey, this come is on. good. Sell I'm down. just saying, I'm just saying, no. I mean, this is good stuff to hear because yeah, this is, this is reality. So, I mean, health is just of utmost priority. Have you ever considered doing something like it would, this would be a, a, a borrowed idea from let's say NASCAR and Tony Stewart was a big proponent of this. He was one of the first actually in NASCAR getting yourself in a hyperbaric chamber after race weekend to just kind of flush out the system. I have. So actually in the house in Indiana, in Tony's the hyperbaric chamber is at the foot of the bed. Oh. Very convenient spot if you're going to use it. He doesn't use it <laughs> because he's, he's, a, he's claustrophobic. And so I have used it a couple of times, specifically after I had my crash in St. Louis last year in the concussion and needing to get uh, relief as quick as possible because we were in the countdown. And then when I broke my foot this last December to expedite the healing process, I used it. But in regards to just decompressing after a particular weekend, I have not, but I would like to some more. The key is that there has to be somebody there on the outside to program it and get you going. And I haven't really been able to corral Tony long enough to be like, teach me how to do this by myself. But I would like to, I would like to spend a lot more time because oxygen flow and right. Our brains are like superchargers. The more oxygen, the better that they operate. And I'm really delving more into science. Um, and like-minded type of base situations that help our body the best that they can be. Now, I'm not saying that's going to make or break an absolute difference of a 40 and a 50 light or a 50 and a 60 light, but it is going to make it so that you can maintain throughout the entire day and not have what I would call on Monday, and it has nothing to do with alcohol, but the, the racing hangover of you've had three, four super hard days, 14, 15 hours, performing fans media all the things and then come monday you're just wiped out yeah. right we're tired of that so i think the better you maintain throughout the weekends then the less racing hangover you have and you can get back to regular work on monday leah pruitt top fuel drag racer you and tony stewart are engaged to be married have the two of you ever talked about how two high profile motorsports athletes can deal with the media have you talked about that in uh, private times i don't think that we've addressed it particularly to that that question i think that there have been situations natural situations that have flown throughout our relationship that we address individually for instance would be uh, when he would first come to the races last year and we're wearing masks and nobody knew, who, no, A, nobody knew we were really dating. We kept that on the low for a while. And then at the races, nobody could tell who he was. And so we didn't have to deal with any of that from fans to media until like at the U.S. Nationals basically in September. But moving on to a, to a different scenario, when Tony started to go to Frank Holly's school and really have larger interest in understanding the discipline of drag racing and what is this top fuel car really about from a driver's perspective and started testing with my car. That is when we spoke high, like very much in depth about the media to where it's a different situation. 
What we do, we appreciate both of you. We appreciate the media as an industry, the fans. It's what we thrive and we need to be able to perpetuate our careers and our and our partners. But when Tony was when Tony was testing, it was the exact opposite. We wanted to be in control of the narrative because that's all that we had. You know, people automatically would assume he's going to go get his like he's licensing, and then he's going to go drive for Don, or he's going to build a team, or like all these crazy things. And when really it was, we have to, we have to cap it for what it is of him getting in the car, wanting to experience it and relate closer to myself and the team in a, in a whole different motorsports perspective. So from a media perspective, we did talk about that. I mean, I'm calling the Las Vegas track and I've heard about reporters being there when he was um, running my car and I'm trying to coordinate security and, and downplay and, we put off NHRA interviews. We put off Drag Race Illustrated action um, for weeks and weeks because people wanted to make something out of something that was really, for us, there wasn't a particular plan. So outside of that, I think we roll really naturally with the media. Um, we're very complimentary to each other. Uh, people like the idea that we're together. They can get information from him. I went to Nashville NASCAR with him, I've been to dozens of sprint car races with him, and there is quite a bit of crossover fan and some crossover media and opportunities. And I think because we just have such a high respect for media and in the industry that it doesn't bother us. And we sometimes do stuff together. I mean, I was doing a Zoom the other day. And he was making faces behind the camera. And I was like, you going to make some faces? Okay. And I drug him on over. And I was like, you're going to sit down right here with me. <laughs> we just have fun with it. Um, so I'm not sure if that's exactly what you meant. But we haven't changed. We personally haven't changed the way that we do things. We've just been able to. And what he likes to say is like one plus one doesn't equal two. One plus one equals three with us. And what we make of that is, is we'll see. Leah Pruitt, from the time you signed with Don Schumacher to now, how has your relationship changed with the team owner? That's a, that's a great question. Um, he has maintained to be a very strong figure and a very large supporter of whatever it takes to win. And by win, not just races, but championships. My relationship with Don actually began in 2008 when Gary Selzy was looking to retire and Don and Dodge and Mope and Oakley at the time were looking to have somebody come in after Gary Selzy. And that's where I came into conversation and got to run in Gary's car at preseason testing or pre-indie testing 2009. Um, it has, it has changed for the better because we understand each other in ways that we didn't before. For instance, he didn't really like my flat bills in 2016 when I came in. Um, I should probably wear, you know, a little bit more lace or some, uh, you know, you have a female driver. So maybe you want a, a more female looking presentation. Um, and, and so we just had very rare, you know, real candid conversations of, well, not everybody's, not everybody looks alike. And this is me. This is who you hired, which was also Papa John's coming on board and fire aid, which I had partnership with that was what brought me to Don Schumacher in 2016. He brought Mopar over, but that has what I think one of the strongest things about our relationship is 
social media wasn't a very huge factor uh, for analysis with partners in 2016, 2017, but that was a direction that I was already on and heavily influencing and caring about the Schumacher brand, my brand as a driver that, cause it doesn't matter how partners come in, whether they love hospitality, they love the customer and, and fan engagement, or they, they like branding on the car or if it's sweet stuff or if it's TV exposure or if it's social exposure that happens through all the different channels. Like there is the, there's the earned media value somewhere along the way. And so I really had a, a head start on education in social media and, and he it took a little while, you know, to like till 2018 or 2019 for him to realize, all right, the value that's there and why other DSR drivers need to um, invest in themselves for things to get going. I mean, I have, I have my own employee that helps me with social during the races. Um, I hire photographers outside of DSR. I spend a, a true speed communications, which is a, a PR firm that Tony Stewart owns that I I'm a client of theirs and pay them to help me manage the partners that I have. And then DSR does a great job managing the partners that they have and they all work together. But to think that it is a one person band is, um, is, is, is not realistic. And so to go back to the conversation between Don and I, I've learned how true professional race teams are ran. And I think what he's learned from me is, you know, the value of social media and how everybody can work together. Cause at the end of the day for us, it's about winning races and making sure that our, our brands and our partners are satisfied with their buy because our competition is the TV linear mm-hmm. and traditional media buy. So that's kind of the world I live in when not at the racetrack. All right, Leah, uh, enough already. Thank you as always. I appreciate that. Thank you, Bye. Bye. Bye.